It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Welcome to the podcast network at risefmohio.com. I am Scott here with the king of the cranium. Tom Russell is actually in studio. I I have no words, Tom. I have no idea how you've managed to get up. Well, yeah, praise the Lord. It's uh, little daily victories in the Lord, uh, setting small goals. And today's goal of the day was to make it up your stairs. Now, now, folks, you have no idea how many stairs Scott has in this studio until you break something. (laughs) I don't know how you did it. Kathy deserves sainthood. She does. Bless her heart. We're going to try and arrange that. (laughs) (laughs) So we're back in the studio, and today we're going to start a conversation because you know Tom and I, you know when there are 13 points to something, there is no way we're going to get through them all in one show. (laughs) So we're going to start 13 essential lessons that mothers can teach sons. Now, Tom and I are not mothers, full disclosure, (laughs) and we are uh, kind of handling this from the guy perspective, Mm -hmm. but uh, there will be the flip side of this coming soon, too, where we're going to talk about the essentials that fathers can impart to their daughters. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that one because I have a bunch of the daddy-daughter date is going to come up and play a prominent role. And you are outnumbered at home. (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, I am. And you're you're not, though. No. No. Yeah. Lucky guy. (laughs) All right. So before we dive into these 13 essentials, we turn to God's word. And I'm going to do the scripture today. And we're breaking everything this week. That's right. All right. Out of Proverbs chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. Their teaching will guide you when you walk protect you when you sleep, and talk to you when you are awake. The law of the Lord is a lamp, and its teachings shine brightly. Correction and self-control will lead you through your life. I love that contemporary English. I love that. Yeah, yes. I like it, too. Really straightforward. Self-control. We just, before we got in here, we were talking about the... No, you're going to start on me already. <laughs> All right, fine. I know. I'm talking about my dentist and how... Oh, okay. Is that my, where we're my, going? Okay. Yeah. I was afraid we were going to revisit a couple of Fridays ago. Okay. So 13 essential lessons to teach your son if you are a mom. And um, we're going to, the goal is six. The yeehaw celebration is seven. Okay. Anything beyond that, and I'll carry you down the stairs. (laughs) Which means we're only going to get to four. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I've got to protect myself. (laughs) All right. So. There's no doubt, Tom, in today's culture that sons, that the guys are under an awful lot of pressure. Right, definitely. And they need the touch of mom. Absolutely. So let's dive into this first one, safety and affection. Scott, in our notes, a mother's affection changes her child's brain development. And again, in this section, we're talking about safety and affection. 
Well, her affection, the nurturing, even from birth, there are some studies and research about the before the baby is born in the mother's womb, what it perceives and experiences in terms of safety. If mom's all up in an uproar about uh, things, her life is really highly stressful, that has an impact even in the womb. So when we begin to talk about the power of safety and we talk about affection, there are two different theories that come to mind in child development and emotional development. Erickson, when he talked about his eight stages, the importance of all of those stages is how safe does the child feel from significant caregivers. If they're not feeling safe, it's not going to happen. When we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, one of the very basic levels is about being safe. And then here's here's your first 25 cent word today, Oh boy, Scott. I knew there had to be one at least. You might have heard this one before. Maslow's theory is epigenic. We, Bless you. <laughs> it won't hurt. <laughs> and you'll survive it. <laughs> Okay, what does epigenic mean? Well, it means that one stage is built on the next. Oh, okay. So if you don't have a firm foundation below it, the next level is not going to do you any good. Okay. So that's how important Maslow said about needs. I think that's critically important. You said some. You have said something else before about the development of the brain and its ability to grow. Right. You've shared before. Keep keep going with that a little bit. Remind me. Well, and so we've recently talked about the neuroplasticity. There we go. Of the brain, it's moldable. It's like when you're developing a skill. If your skill you're working on is basketball, or it's it's golf, or if it's music, then the more you focus on that, the more the that part of the brain grows closer together, and. and Basically, that I want to say in the brain is when we begin to talk about skills being developed. Okay. Yeah. So the brain, so the brain of a, of an infant in the womb, and and as the baby is starting to grow and develop out of the womb, the brain will develop a lot based on what it hears from its environment, and that's going to be a lot of times from mom. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She is one of the the chief caregivers, and. We recently talked about oh boy <laughs> that that women feel things three to five times greater than men do. Yeah, and, and and what makes that so powerful is that's part of that relationship manual that God created us with, so that they have that understanding of how to nurture the baby. We were just giggling a bit in um, Florida on the weekend about when God created woman. He said, it's not good for us to be alone. Well, he was seeing how we were doing with it. And so our wives have that ability to feel and that relationship manual is so powerful for the children. That emotional bond, oftentimes the wife has a great opportunity for it to grow. Now, there's two things about the mom's affection here that it's, uh, you know, I can remember when, when Sherry was carrying Aaron. And we would just talk to Aaron, uh huh. You know, and Sherry would talk to her, and I, you could see Aaron kicking and moving around. I'd talk, and she'd stop. Wouldn't move a muscle. 
And then when she was born, I'd hold her and I'd try to talk to her and she'd scream bloody murder. Mm. She did not like her dad one little bit at first. Hmm. But beyond words, a mother's touch can mean a lot too. Well, yeah. When we think about touch, as an example, I'm pretty sure this is accurate. Gary Smalley and Dr. John Trent wrote about this in their book on the gift of the blessing that there are more nerve endings from the shoulders up than most places in the body. So that when you give a hug, it's what's so powerful and meaningful about it. It's, it's about connection and about belonging, which we joke about uh, it's not good to, for us to be alone. But even in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, even in the beginning, he did it because he wanted family. He did that. He wanted relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why it feels so good to be accepted and approved of. And to have both the words and the physical touch. So we're talking about 13 essential lessons that moms can teach their sons today on the session. Number two, how to be sensitive. All right. Now, Tom, <laughs> there's no crying in baseball. First of all, no. that needs to be repeated. There is no crying in baseball. How does a mom teach sensitivity, and how should a guy process that when the guys are supposed to be tough? Let me show you from this perspective, and we'll work our way backward. One of the ways that husbands, and when they become husbands, young newlyweds relate to their wives is how they related to their mom. They compare some of the things that's happening in the relationship with their wife well, how their mom used to do it. If mom was an incredibly good cook and the husband that hasn't learned you don't compare your wife's cooking to your mom's. <laughs> <laughs> you'll learn. Yeah, you'll learn. The hard way. Yeah, and so that relationship is experienced between mother and son. It's about the relationship, how they talk to each other. How does mom... Manage. I like the word manage rather than discipline, heaven forbid, punishment, or even consequences. Because when we manage, we're from a very early age teaching our children that they have ownership of their life. And we help them manage as long as they're making good decisions. If they're not, we might want to teach them some. <laughs> and thus, that's what we are as parents. Yes. yes. Okay. So number three, Tom, and there are these nasty things called boundaries. Yes. Yeah, boundaries are really important. So moms can teach their sons boundaries about yes and no. Help them to learn to how to have healthy boundaries toward himself and others. Because there's importance, for one, of being assertive. We want to be assertive, but part of being assertive is being able to say, no, I need you to stop right there or I'm not going to be part of that. And I think part of that is rooted in how we perceive ourselves. How do we actually feel about ourselves? So consequently, if we don't see ourselves very well, then we're not likely going to feel powerful enough to say, I'm not doing that. And thus the lesson about peer pressure or peer priority, as you call it. Yes. That's when that can rear its ugly head as you go along for sure yeah okay and sons will learn a lot about 
setting boundaries from how mom handles situations around the home as well. Well, and that's true. The boundaries for, for mom, at times, where do you draw the line between moms being so overly helpful and where she becomes like a, an employee, a hired hand? Well, someone will laugh that she learned that, experienced that first with her husband, who would say, would you get me this? Would you get me that? Mm-hmm. Honey, you, you want to do this? Well, you're going to fix dinner, right? You're, and so they're doing all these things. Well, where did her husband learn that? From his mom who had taught her that, <laughs> taught him that. And that's that generational thing, too, because my mom is the, the home is mine uh-huh. mom. Right? She did all the cooking, did the laundry, did the cleaning, and when dad came home at 5.30, dinner was on the table right. or very close to it. Right. And my wife is not that way. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that lesson. Interesting. Because yeah. I expected that from Sherry. Right. I found out very quickly that that was not the case. Mm-hmm. So we had to, I had to learn. Right. And so when she is demonstrating good boundaries, it also could include things like her relationship with her church and whether or not she is going to do everything that they all ask her to do, or is she going to do everything that everybody in the family wants her to do or everybody at work wants her to do. And you know what? Before long, there's really not much time to be a person, which that in itself is like an operational definition of burnout. When you don't have that time. Right. All right, so we're going over 13 essential lessons your moms can teach your sons today on the session. And number four is all about, and boy, this this is probably to me one of the more important ones that moms can teach sons are meaningful conversations with girls. Yeah, so that boys have meaningful conversations, good conversations with girls. Interestingly enough, those conversations then will help them develop relationship with girls in period general. So as they developmentally grow, that it could look healthier than it would be if mom wasn't involved. Well, so again, when, when young men begin to experience the girls at school, they're going to have some connection with that in past history. What does that remind me of? Oh, yeah, when I was with mom or, you know, mom was like that. So anyway, that training and how we go about it then becomes really important so that what she shares with them and what she teaches her son about other young ladies is really important. How do you treat a young lady? And it's it's a question. I was afraid to ask those questions. I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to ask them. Right. And... That led to some, you know, some challenges for me, I guess, with girls growing up too. And it's going to take some patience from mom to model that. And it, this, this seems to tie to me really well back to boundaries too. Right. Because as the, as the boy gets into that junior high time and girls don't have cooties anymore. Right. And find out, oh, wow, wait a minute, they're soft and bumpy and I kind of like this. Right. Then mom <laughs> is teaching son... <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> yes, you did. Because what I was thinking about, oh, they aren't cooties. They're <laughs> and you talk about bumps, and I'm going. 
Gotcha. <laughs> you did. I haven't done that for a while. That's all right. That's now we're moving. <laughs> now we're moving along. But they can they can then use the idea of the boundaries. Son, here's how yeah. you should interact with this girl that you like now. For sure. And if you don't want her to think, what's the matter with you? Yeah, here's how here's how she expects you to behave. Yeah, and that's very helpful when it can happen. I didn't have that opportunity growing up. Right. That was not part of the picture. How long did it take Kathy to break you in on that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Kathy, you know, I've told marriages before that I have, if I count them, let's see, three college degrees. And two of the three relate to marriage. But I probably have learned more about marriage after hundreds of years of being married, <laughs> after we just celebrated number 47, yep. and I've learned more from her than I have probably all of my my education. And because God gave her, and, and this will put in perspective for Sherry for you, a built-in relationship manual. I've said that before. They just have this natural wisdom about what we should be doing. And when we learn to trust it, life gets better. So this is uh, number five now of 13 steps, that uh, essential steps that moms can teach their sons. And number five is prayer. And I don't know of anything more precious than the prayers of a mom. Yeah, and it's so important. Some of uh, bedtime routine should or could include prayer. Praying over meals, both of those can be standard regulars. But how about, you know, if you perceive that your son's having a bad day or is worried about something and you offer to pray about it? I know Sherry, uh, not Sherry Aaron, my daughter, has a bedtime routine with Allison. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I know prayer is one of those routines. And Aaron will sometimes tell us the next day that, yeah, she really must have been feeling something about you because she prayed for Gampy. Wow. Mm-hmm. And she prayed for Grandma, and she prayed for Grandma's eyes and mm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's and, – and the mom can really have that influence mm-hmm. on her son and, and teach that and teaches a reliance on God. Amen. You know, mm-hmm. And that's – ultimately, you know, we want to teach our sons that reliance on God and not on themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that they can ultimately come to a relationship with him. That is so incredibly important. Well, you know, two places in the book of Matthew. One in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, "Come to me, all you who are weary." Prior to that, in Matthew six, the scriptures talk about seek ye first, not second, not third, not when you can't figure it out on your own, but come to me. Seek me first. Well, why? Is it just a command? How about the fact you're going to feel better if you do? Right. And people want to you make it a last resort. A crisis manual. Yeah. Yeah. All shame. right. Number six. We'll, we'll leave it at this today. We'll, we'll stop here. Okay. But number six is by reading God's word. It's so incredibly important. So as a mom, you can play an essential role in your son's spiritual development. Help him learn to love God's Word and to see it work and that this is this is a good thing. Well, I remember when our children were young, not only did we have the potential for Scripture, 
But we also were using one of the magazines from Focus on the Family back then. Was it Brio? Yeah, Brio, yeah. I think I remember something like that. And they would read it, some of the things that, that they would talk about, and putting them in position where they were experiencing Jesus. So we, we, on one of our vacations, went out and saw Focus on the Family. That was really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so they experienced that. We would talk a lot about, we, our kids were raised on Dr. Dobson, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, that, that just gives them an opportunity. And, and to spend time in the Word to see what we should do in situations or, you know what, simple things. We talk about traditions. We talk about reading the Christmas story on Christmas morning before we terrorize the packages <laughs> under the tree. Now, let me ask you this, Tom, because this is, you know, if you have one child, this is pretty easy. Right. You know, you sit down with them at night and you do this. But what if, like you, you know, you've got three, four, five, six kids. <laughs> how does how does mom juggle that? Is, is this just herd the kids into one group and do it together? Or do you kind of methodically start with the youngest and work your way up as bedtimes get later? Yeah, well, and there there is. And I think you're you're right that there are different theories out there or different practices. I've seen where um, in, in one particular family, they, they call it Bible night or they call it Bible study, and they all read something together. I, I've seen it um, more individually. Um, and we got to remember, that's one of the reasons why God designed our wives' brains differently. <laughs> they have the capability of multitasking. Well, so somewhere in there, the, the devotionals happen. And I am pretty convinced that our wives created multitasking while they were busy doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> bath time i suppose could be a good time for this yeah it could be part of the bedtime routine also yeah. a bible story and prayer and where they begin to see some relevance or something real that comes out of it something that impacts life today because this happened in scripture this is you know where we are today kind of thinking okay yeah so there are, there are seven more of these we're going to tackle next week as we continue to chat about 13 essential lessons moms can teach their sons. And I know, Tom, is, there are some listening today where they can say, yeah, I didn't have that relationship with mom. Right. It was not that way, or mom wasn't in the home, or mm-hmm. it could have been a number of things. Sometimes it just needs a reshuffle and a refocus to be able to bring that in maybe to their family. Right. And talking with a Christian counselor can be helpful. How can they start that conversation with you? Well, Scott, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. <laughs> 